hello everybody hello to you who is listening i hope that you have had the most amazing day and if it's the beginning of your day maybe you're on your way to work right now or you're dropping the children off to school or maybe it's your day off and you're chilling you're relaxing either way i hope that if your day is just starting that you have an amazing one you have a god-filled one and i pray that god speaks to you today because you need to hear from him and i pray that he uses this podcast to speak to you as well this episode is going to be a juicy one you know why because we are going to be talking about delusion 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 is a word that people often use to insult people um it's a word that even the bible kind of talks about i mean the word of god tells us that god knows and he believes and he is right in saying that his people perish due to lack of knowledge that is delusion that can be classed as a a form of delusion um, now, if we look into the actual definition of delusion, it's it's personified. It's sometimes we see ourselves to be better or worse, something that we are not, or we believe something about ourselves that is not at all true. When we look at delusion, the topic of delusion, we often don't really think about it in context of the purpose and the plan that God has for us and how it can actually deter us from being who exactly who God has called us to be. So... I'm really excited to get into this with you and I pray and I hope that everything we talk about the Lord opens your mind to receive in Jesus name. So without much further ado let's get into it. Okay so we're going to do something a little bit differently than we've done in previous episodes and I'm going to ask you a question and the question I'm going to ask you is who are you? Yes, you who's listening, I'm asking you, who are you? It's a tough question to answer. It's a really, really tough question. I know this because when I've been on interviews and the interviewer asks you to tell them about yourself, the first thing that will probably come to your mind is, okay, this is my name and this is how old I am and this is where I live. And that's great. These are undeniable scientific and legal facts. You can prove it. You have documents to prove it. But we all know that most times that's not the answer the interviewer is looking for. They want to know your strengths and your weaknesses. They want to know what skills and abilities you have and what you can bring to the company, what you can bring to this role that you're interviewing for. Essentially, what they're asking you for is to give an account of how both yourself and other people perceive you. And how you answer that question will tell you all you need to know about how you perceive yourself because we're not talking about how other people perceive you in today's episode, we're talking about how you perceive yourself. How do you answer that question? Who are you? And it's important, it's important to know who you are. Both if we go back to, if we go down to a very, very minimal and basic level, I work in a hospital, right? And um, before we see patients, we ask them, 
please can you confirm your name and your date of birth? Basic facts that every human being should know. Now, on a higher level, on a more detailed level, it's important to know who you are in order to understand sometimes the decisions that we make. Because believe it or not, there are principles that we believe to be true. And those principles, those thoughts, those ideologies, they fuel our actions in our day-to-day lives. Let me give you an example, right? So there are some people that believe they are great at public speaking. So when an opportunity to deliver a presentation comes, say at their workplace, they will likely want to put themselves forward. They will be the first person with their hands up because they have knowledge and they have that belief that I am good at public speaking. Therefore, I am the best person for this opportunity. I'm the best person to deliver this task. On the other hand, in that same team, there is a person who is even greater at presenting. Fantastic. But because they don't believe that they are, they'll rather pass up on that opportunity. So they'll keep their hands down and probably nobody in the office or nobody in the vicinity knows that that person's even greater at presenting because they've never stood up to take that opportunity. Meanwhile, it's something that they are amazing at. Please, blink twice if you know somebody like this. I think we all know somebody like this. This person may even be you. And I'm, I think even the most confident people, they have done this in one or two areas of their lives at some point. So this is an example of delusion. When you hold onto a belief that is real to you, but it's actually very false. So let me read that again. When you hold onto a belief that is real to you, but it's actually very false. So you probably thought about it. Hmm, am I this type of person? And maybe you are. So the question remains really, how do you know if you're deluded in your understanding of yourself? If someone asked me that question, this is how I'd respond. And this is what I would say. I would say that in order for delusion to be a concept, something has to be true because we've already established that delusion is when you hold on to a belief that is real but it's actually very false when something is false it means that there is a fact this is where it's now up to you to make a decision as to what is true and what is false this is where free will comes in the gift that god has given to us it's free will right And as a born believer in Christ, my truth is Jesus himself. So if Jesus is the truth to me, anything I believe about myself that is outside of the truth of Jesus is false. Therefore, I'll be deluded to think about myself in any other light apart from the light of Christ. So Jesus tells me that I am holy therefore I am holy. Jesus tells me that I'm blameless, therefore I am blameless. Jesus tells me that I should be loving, I should be kind, I should be patient, I should be gentle, I should be faithful. 
these are all characteristics and there's so many more characteristics of Christ, characteristics that I should be, characteristics that I should have. And now if you are to admit that I'm a Christian and I know that the Lord tells me that I should be gentle, but I'm not gentle, that is not a bad thing. And that doesn't mean I'm labeling you as delusional, but when it becomes delusion, is when you tell yourself, I'm not gentle, this is the way I am, and this is how God should accept me. He said, come as you are, and that is it. I'm never going to change. That is when it becomes delusion. When you refuse to admit and believe that you have the ability within you to be exactly as Christ is, okay, because it's not a war situation, Jesus is very much alive, and he's very much real, and he's here, and he's left behind a helper, the Holy Spirit, to equip us with the ability to walk in the light of Christ, in every way, in every single way, we are called to put on, literally put on Jesus Christ, and represent him to the whole world, just on that note, it reminds me of a video I watched not too long ago that narrates this truth so well. Um, it's an ending scene coming from the movie Amazing Spider-Man 2. And in this scene, one of the enemies called Rhino Man, big guy wearing a big metal suit, just huge, as tall as a building, I would say. He was just destroying the city. And in this scene, the police were trying their best to shoot this huge thing let me call him a beast down but all to no avail because he's wearing full armor there's no way a bullet is going to penetrate that and he's huge so in the midst of all of this chaos this little kid no older than maybe six years old seven years old he's wearing a a spider-man suit like you know those spider-man suits you can just pick up from any fancy dress store for a kid's party or something he's wearing that and he runs up in front of the monster and he he stands there. He doesn't say a word. He just stands there and he's wearing the full suit with the mask and everything. And both the police and the rhino man, they hold fire as this little kid is just standing in front of him. And rhino man teases the little boy. He taunts the little kid. And then out of nowhere, the real Spider-Man, Spider-Man himself flies in and he commends the boy's bravery before handling Rhino Man himself and obviously defeating Rhino Man. Isn't that such a beautiful picture? You know what? I'm going to put the clip in here so that you can listen to it. Now that I've narrated it, you could probably piece the audio together. But if you wanted to watch it, it is available on YouTube. I'm here live on Park Avenue and 56th Street, where it is complete chaos. A man in some sort of weaponized armored suit is wreaking havoc on Midtown. Hold your fire! 
kid I've ever seen. I'm gonna take care of this jerk and go take care of your mom, okay? All right, get out of here, go. Go. You'll fight me! Wasn't that just so beautiful to hear? Just even Spider-Man's response to the kid for stepping up and stepping up in his image, representing him and believing in him, believing that he would come. And you could even, if you listen closely, you could even hear how hard the boy was breathing. Sometimes it's not easy to emulate the character of the person that you're looking up to. In this case, we're talking about Spider-Man. This is a well-known character, a well-known man, a well-known superhero that comes in and saves the day and you're trying to emulate that. You're standing up to one of the biggest giants. You're a six-year-old kid. (laughs) Many people would probably call this kid delusional for running in front of Rhino Man and thinking that he could even defeat him. And as scared as he was, he did it. He did it. And we can find an exact parallel story in the Bible. David. David did what nobody else did. Nobody else was brave to do. And many did in fact call him delusional for even thinking that he could defeat Goliath. But what happens at the end of both stories? The one that they chose to emulate the one that they chose to represent ended up coming to save the day. And this is the beautiful thing about Jesus. Like what I was saying, we are called to represent him in every single way, even down to our character, down to our thoughts. A pastor I listened to recently, she she used this analogy and she said that we, we hold Jesus's business card and he signs the petitions that we make that line up to his values like we we have his signature he should be written all over us we should smell of him down to our very character and you know the whole bible points back to jesus christ there are always lessons to learn about his character and what he stands for And this is a long-winded way of me telling you that the more you learn and you understand about Jesus, the more you know about who you should be. Then with the help of the Holy Spirit, you can slowly start to bridge the gap between who you are currently and who God says you are. Identity, it's, it's given. When you're born into Christ, you are given a new identity. That is a gift it is given to you those titles they are given to you so 
like like a, a a boy and a girl. When you're born, you're either a boy or you're a girl. But as you grow, you learn what it is to be a boy and you learn what it is to be a girl. Both hormonally, when you go through puberty, you learn that okay, oh this is this is what it is. This is the difference between me and a guy. There are physical differences and there are even in the Bible there are different roles that we play as women and men in our households. We grow to learn these things. But the point is that we were born a boy or a girl. And when we're born into Christ, we are born with the ability we are born with the identity of this is who you are and now it's up to you to learn how to be those things how to walk in those things when you're born again you're born and you're identified as a loving person someone who loves their neighbor that is the character of Christ you've been born into now you just need to learn what that means and actually live it that's it, as simple as it gets and it's it can be hard but like I keep saying we have the help of the Holy Spirit and what I'd add to this is that it's not just about reading the Bible and knowing the facts but rather allowing what you know to become life to you because the word is alive the word is living because Christ is alive and everything that we read it should be more than words on a paper but when scripture comes becomes life to you, it's almost like you have an epiphany. Like it just clicks. You have a light bulb moment that you act on. Okay. And oftentimes you'll be able to attach a life experience to the truth of this word because you've actually acted it out. So in what other ways can you learn about who you should be? As I mentioned, Everything written in the Bible points back to Jesus Christ. All of the biographies and accounts that we read about saints such as Paul the Apostle, King David, Abraham, and the rest, all of them down to Adam, all say the same thing. They all say, their life stories all say, follow me as I follow Christ. And similarly, in this life that we have, we are surrounded by Many people who do a great job at emulating the character of Christ. It could be even someone younger than you. It doesn't have to be someone older than you. It could be your pastor. It could be your grandmother. It could be your neighbor down the street. It could be the likes of Catherine Coleman, Smith Wigglesworth, all these people and other, other great women and men of God. Read their biographies. Learn from their mistakes. Have you ever talked to someone or read about someone and felt like they just understood you? It may even be someone in the Bible. You read David's story and you just feel like you can relate to how he started and where he's at now. Find someone in Christ that you can resonate with. Maybe they come from a similar background as you or their testimony sounds scarily similar to what you're going through currently. Get close. Read about them if you can't get physically close. Ask questions and see how you can learn from these people. All of these things will help you learn about who you should be in Christ. And learning from the mistakes will help you to become who Christ says you are. Now, back to the question of who you are. 
who are you at this current moment? Because we've already established who you should be, but who are you now? Finding out about who you are now at present can be difficult. And here are four ways that you can do that. Number one, reflect. Reflect. In this era of social media, we're just always surrounded by noise, opinions, voices. There's always something going on that distracts us from the quiet. Find time, find space to just sit down and reflect on yourself, reflect on your life, reflect on the way you treated that person last week, reflect on the way that you spoke to your mum today, reflect on the way you spoke to your siblings, reflect on even down to how you eat, how you drink, what you do in your day-to-day, reflect on the littlest patterns, think about yourself as a person and I'm sure that you won't come out empty. And that leads nicely on to point number two. Point number two is think about your patterns of behavior. I've kind of touched on this on the reflection point, but again, looking at your habits, looking at what do you think about most times during the day? What consumes your mind the most? All of these things will help you understand who you are. What opportunities came to you recently that you said no to did you say no to it because God told you to say no or did you say no because you thought you were not good enough or you thought you thought you weren't able to do it think about what you can do really well and what you can use that thing to do if you're not doing anything with it think about the beliefs that fuel this pattern of behavior so this is point number three Thinking about the beliefs that fuel this pattern of behavior, at the beginning of this episode, we established that our actions, every single decision that we make, even the decisions we make to drink water is fueled by a belief. I drink water because I have been told and I believe that it's good for me. And I know that it's good for me because when I drink lots of it, I feel good. (laughs) There is a belief behind everything I kid you not if you think hard enough you will find a belief okay um so yeah you've you've picked up on a pattern of behavior that maybe you don't really like what belief fuels that and if that behavior is not reflective of the character of Christ and you've established that man this belief is delusional because this is not who Christ says that I am or that I should be. So I need to fix this. And how do we fix it? Prayer. God, I need help. Renew your mind with the word. These are all things that should be common practices as Christians to help us live the most Christ-like life. And last, but certainly not least, number four, I would say, is ask people that you trust, keyword here, that you trust, how they have experienced you and give them permission to be honest. Let me prepare you. You may hear things that you don't want to hear. You may hear things that you don't like because you may not have picked up on it or noticed it, but there may be certain character traits that you exude that 
may not be good but you don't know because you just see it as normal because you believe it to be real it's just you don't see it you're almost blinded to it which is why it's important to have people around you that you can trust and yeah be very very careful because sometimes you think you can trust somebody um but really they don't really care about you and they will just rip you down and say things that are not true to make you feel bad about yourself but people like your pastor it could be your sibling your parents people like that like people who really really know you intimately and that experience you on a day-to-day basis ask them how they find you what characters they see in you and ask them to be honest about the not so great ones as well okay um but yeah, they shouldn't be also be afraid to tell you about the good ones too, because that's uplifting and encouraging that, yeah, the Holy Spirit isn't impacting me and I am becoming better in my walk with Christ. At the end of the day, we are aiming to understand who we are currently, who Jesus is, and we should deal with those deluded beliefs that make us believe we are who God says we are not. Through the help of the Holy Spirit, of course. And with time, we'll be able to close that gap and become more like Jesus. So, when someone asks you, who are you? I pray that you'll be able to give an accurate account of who you are and I also pray that when you do give this account it lines up with the character of Christ and if it doesn't you know what to do God bless you for listening I pray that you were blessed and until next time stay in the Lord stay in your word and I encourage you to pray today and spend some time with Jesus and ask him some of the questions that I've asked you today. Amen.